time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. Are you preparing for retirement but feeling confident that you'll have all of the expenses covered? Well, think again. It turns out many retirees overlook some crucial expenses that can leave them financially vulnerable. And in this episode, we're going to explore the retirement expenses that most people tend to forget. We're going to be talking about things like skyrocketing medical bills, unexpected travel costs, taxes, and more. We're going to discuss some also uh, practical tips and strategies to help you plan for these expenses and ensure a secure and more comfortable retirement. It's retirement expenses for which you forgot to plan. We're going to talk about it all with Charles Weldy, founder and certified financial planner, as well as a CPA at CP Weldy Group, serving you throughout the Delaware and Chester County areas in person, but online from anywhere at cpweldygroup.com. Charles, looking forward to today's conversation, and I know you, my friend, as we record today's episode, are looking forward to the end of tax season, aren't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I just got notification. One of my uh, top tax preparers is in the hospital for maybe a week to 10 days, and it couldn't happen at a worse time, but we'll get through it. You know, I mean, um, you know, things like this happen. You got to plan for it, just like some of the expenses we're going to talk about today. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. Exactly. Unplanned things that you got to be able to uh, be nimble enough to work around, but still have a nice solid plan in place. And I know your team will be able to uh, to make through things okay and uh, hope that the uh, tax preparer that you work with is all right and going to be back in uh, in action in no time. And uh, I know your clients will be well taken care of despite that blip on the radar, Charles. So, uh, yeah, let's dive in here and talk about some of these retirement expenses from the uh, uh, perspective of maybe your clients or people that you meet with frequently and, and see what we can do here to kind of break these down. So I mentioned medical expenses being one of these. Now, I thought we could plan a little bit for medical expenses. Why would we kind of put this in this category of expenses for which people often forget to plan? Well, I notice a lot of people when they retire, they go to the dentist and they're spending a lot of money getting a new set of teeth, <laughs> which can be very expensive. That might but be by, one thing you're not planning on, right? <laughs> uh, I, I got some good teeth right now and I take care of them. My wife makes sure that I go to the dentist twice a year. I'm in good shape there. But, you know, as far as medical in general, I mean, what we do in our practice here, Walter, is we plan that each individual has a thousand dollars a month budget for medical. And how we get to that figure is most people in our office here that are retired, you know, most of our clients, Medicare B is generally about two fifty a month. They have a Medicare sub policy, maybe another three fifty a month. And then we might budget like four hundred dollars a month for drugs and out of pocket medical costs. Now that's just a general you know, ballpark figure, a thousand a month. But when you multiply that by a 20, 25 year retirement, you're talking about a quarter of a million dollars. So we had that in our regular budget for most of our clients. Now, you know, where things come up as a surprise, if there's something that happens where they've got to take a special drug and, you know, these drugs aren't subsidized, that could be a problem. So far, we haven't found that in many of our clients, and that's good. But, you know, um, if that were to occur, obviously, we'd have to earmark some dollars and increase that monthly budget from a 1000 to whatever, just to make sure that that medical is covered throughout their retirement. So medical, you know, a 1000 a month, it kind of replaces most people's mortgage. You know, we budget that, you know, consistently in our plans. And we find that, you know, for the most part, you know, that $1,000 per person monthly budget that we use does come into fruition, if not sooner than later as they grow older. That's a great point. Yeah, maybe may underused early, but certainly comes in handy later on in life. 
What about this next category of unexpected travel? Again, it seems like we can kind of plan for some travel in retirement, but you've probably seen plenty of examples where people maybe didn't maybe didn't anticipate just how much additional travel they might have to do. Yeah, but you know, I mean, maybe over their lifetimes a lot of additional travel, but in any one year, I don't think any more than three to five thousand dollars worth of travel. So what we'll do is, you know, when they have that's obviously not a planned expense. When something sudden comes up, somebody dies, you got to fly to another state. You know, maybe someone gets sickly, you got to fly to another state. But by and large, like we'll have like three to five thousand dollars in an emergency fund earmarked for something of that nature. I don't think, you know, in you know, in the real world we need anything more than that, but if so, you know, we'll be forced to take some money out of other accounts, but you know, for the most part, that's like money in the bank, you know, making uh, you know, not a lot, but like a 3 to 5,000 dollar budget for unexpected travel expenses. Yeah, can certainly sneak up on you. Again, not not any one of these maybe will uh, completely decimate a retirement plan, but if you have several of these unexpected, uh, you know, expenses pop on on you in all these different categories, you can see how it's like death by a thousand cuts if you're not careful. <laughs> uh, what about parental or child assistance? That sandwich generation concern, where you're sort of taking care of one or both of the generations uh, above you or below you. So I got, you know, I got mixed emotions about child assistance. I mean, obviously, you know, if somebody needs help, you're there to help them. You're a parent forever. I used to think that, hey, once the kids turn 21, your parental responsibilities are over. But little did I know that that's not the case. But I have a client right now that has a daughter that graduated from, you know, a good university. She's got a job and the parents are paying her, you know, phone bill, auto insurance, helping her with her college loans. And, you know, if they had the resources, the parents, that is, had the resources, I would not object. But what they're doing is they're dipping into retirement savings to kind of subsidize their child's, you know, uh, loans and, you know, living expenses. And, you know, sometimes I got to, I got to play like the bad guy and say, look, you know, I know you love your daughter, but I think she can do it on her own. So when it comes to like assisting a child, if you have the resources, no problem. But if you don't, you know, you can't borrow from Peter to pay Paul. And I see that not a lot, but I see it in this one specific case where if they continue to do what they're doing in terms of subsidizing their daughter's lifestyle, then they might you know, jeopardize their retirement funds down the road. When it comes to parents, it's totally different. I mean, you know, I remember when I was in college, we had this, uh, this class and it said like, hey, you know, in, in the uh, Western world, as people get old, we kind of like, um, you know, they're not as good looking anymore. They're, they're frail. We don't respect them as much. Where in other countries, you know, uh, and I think it was China at the time. I mean, you know, the world has changed in the last 30 years, but you know, they respect their elders and, and people are uh, looked at like, uh, almost like, um, not gods, but like, you know, they're looked at with respect. Uh, so parents like, you know, I'll do anything, you know, if my parents were alive, if they needed long-term care, hey, you know, we're going to do what we can to help them. I have no problem with that. But I would say that if there's people listening to this podcast that are struggling, like helping a parent, and if they have siblings, don't be proud enough to like take it on, you know, do everything yourself. I would actually let your siblings know like, hey, you know, uh, I need some help financially or just, uh, you know, come and visit or whatever. Um, so I, I guess what I'm really trying to say in a, in a roundabout way is like, you know, when it comes to family assistance, you know, I'll do anything for my parents. 
For my children, you know what? I'm going to draw the line because I don't want to make them weak. I want to make them strong. I want to make them independent. And sometimes in my practice, I see where parents are trying to give the kids what they didn't have, and they think they're helping them, but they're actually hurting them. Great points there, Charles. Absolutely. Good perspective on when you might need to assist other generations and what goes into that thought process. That's really important to keep in mind. All right, uh, let's talk about, uh, we're talking about unexpected expenses or expenses for which you maybe didn't include in your financial plan if you went about it on your own. And taxes is a very big category here. Hard for people to sometimes keep that whole tax conversation in front of them, isn't it? It is, but I think as a general rule, if people just get one concept down, and I'm going to do my best to communicate it now, I think they'll be okay. And here's the concept. I mean, when it comes to taxation, Walter, there's really two things you need to know. Number one, what is your marginal tax rate? All right. And marginal means, hey, the last dollar that showed up on your return, what did it get taxed at? And most people that I meet, that number is 24%. So that means if they take a thousand dollars out of their IRA account, they end up with 240 going to the feds. They end up with the difference, which is what? 760 bucks. All right. So in order to get a thousand dollars, they got to take out much more than a thousand dollars if they're in a 24% marginal tax bracket. So marginal means the last dollar got clipped at what percentage? But what's as important, I think, is effective tax rate. Now, effective tax rate is, hey, what's the total tax that you paid? That's the numerator. And then the denominator is what's your total income? And generally speaking, most people are in the 18 to 20 percent effective tax rate. All right. So effective means that, hey, all the dollars are getting taxed evenly. Marginal means, hey, what did the last dollar get taxed at? Now, if I know that most people are in the effective tax rate, let's call it 20%, they get to keep 80 cents on a dollar, which isn't really that bad. So taxes, you know, um, are important and we want to minimize them. And the only way to minimize them is to really, and we talked about it on an earlier podcast, look at your total investments and do your best to strategically place some of them in pre-tax where most people have most of them in pre-tax, some of them in post-tax, which means, hey, you're only going to get taxed on the growth of that account, not the seed that you put in. And then lastly, but you know, probably extremely important, is that tax-free account, which generally speaking might be Roth IRAs or cash value life insurance that I think are underutilized by most investors. So the taxes are an issue, but you can control your tax bill if you plan for it. That's a huge one right there. That's the caveat. Taxes, uh, plan for them, big opportunity, or certainly consequences limited. Uh, what about maintenance and repairs? People worry about some of those things that are going to pop up in their budgets in retirement and sometimes forget just how big of a ticket item those things can be. Yeah, I mean, they, they are big ticket items. And I think we talked about it earlier in terms of an emergency fund. Um, you know, something that pops up, maintenance and repair, a new roof. We just got one two years ago, 18 grand. We had the cash to do that. So that was fine. Uh, major car repairs, you know, uh, replacement, you know, of a vehicle, maybe a new vehicle today, average price might be forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. I mean, most people finance it, but if you need to pay cash, you know, you want to make sure you have enough, you know, money in that account. If your air conditioning goes or your water heater goes, I mean, there's a lot of people that 
as they're working, they make sure they have a line of credit so they can easily tap into that, pay for that in cash, and then find a way to move funds over to pay down that debt. So I would say that, you know, for maintenance and repairs, I think it's important for most people who are still working and even people that are retired, as long as they have the income, to maybe establish a line of credit and uh, use that as a, um, you know, a tool to maybe pay, you know, that, uh, that unexpected expense and then reshuffle the deck, so to speak, to uh, pay that debt down. All right. Very good. Last but not least, Charles, let's talk about it. Been the big news of the last few years, I guess, at this point, inflation. And this is one that people, if they were going about it on their own the last decade or so, definitely probably forgot to plan for. Yeah, well, you know, inflation, I I get back to um, this gentleman, Nick Murray in New York. He taught me years ago that uh, every year, everything you need to buy will cost more. And he was so right. I mean, there's nothing that goes down. I mean, my cable bill, you know, used to be uh, $140 a month. Now it's like, you know, hovering around 300 a month. But some of the examples that I like to use is, I might be dating myself, Walter, but in the 80s, I had a brother that lived in New York. He had a beautiful apartment. It was $750 per month. And that was in the 80s, maybe the mid 80s. And today, you could not even park your car in New York for $750 a month. So that's what inflation does there, right? Then, you know, when I was a teenager, I remember one of my first job, I pumped gas at a local gas station, Hess. It was 28 cents a gallon. I just filled it up yesterday uh, at Costco, which is the cheapest gas around, 325 a gallon. All right. But probably uh, the most important analogy that I can give or example is my first car. I remember in, gee, what year was it? Uh, 19, let's see, I was probably around 20 something. So uh, maybe <laughs> let's just call it like 40 years ago. So 1984, I buy a Volkswagen Carmen Ghia for $3,800, fully loaded. I thought I was the, the hottest guy in the world. Man, I had this beautiful car, two-seater, couldn't wait to get my date in there, blast the stereo, blah, blah, blah. 3800 bucks. Well, guess what? 10 years ago, I bought another car. It was $38,000, all right? And that was 10 years ago. So when you talk about inflation, you know, you have to plan for it. And and the plans that we do, we we kind of use treadline inflation of 3%. Now, I know today it's like north of six, but the reality of it is historically, Using 3%, I think, you know, will, it's better than using nothing. And even though 6% is what it is today, I don't think we're going to be at 6% for a long period of time. So, um, inflation, you know, the one thing I want to say about inflation is, you know, if you have too much money in cash, all right, because you want to protect your principal from all this volatility that we're experiencing currently. The reality of it is, is like, yeah, you're protecting your principal, but you're losing your purchasing power. If I have $100,000 in the bank and, you know, I'm making, let's just say 2% of the bank and inflation six, guess what? I'm down four in terms of purchasing power. So um, inflation is a, a silent tax on all of us and it affects poorer people more so than people of wealth, but it affects all of us. Yeah, it's a really important perspective on all of that. Charles, thanks for breaking this all down for us. So if you have unexpected expenses, uh, maybe these th- types of expenses that you have forgotten to plan for in your financial plan, maybe it's medical or unexpected travel, or you didn't think about the fact that, yeah, we might need to help take care of mom and dad, or maybe we do have um, children who have special assistance needs for longer terms of their life or maintenance issues. or have you overlooked taxes and inflation? 
all big red flags about your plan if you've overlooked these elements. And so if that's the case, it's time to get that plan in writing and fully vetted, stress-tested, and figured out. And Charles helps people do that each and every day in the office. If you'd like to schedule a time to visit or just have an initial conversation about what's going on in your financial life and how you can better prepare for retirement, pick up the phone, give Charles a call at 610-388-7705, 610-388-7705, or you can go online to cpweldygroup.com. That's cpweldygroup.com. Charles, thank you for all the help and assistance on the show today. Really enjoyed it, and we'll look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thank you, Walter. All right, we appreciate it. That's Charles Weldy. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon on Reengineering Your Finances. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice.